So, in, like Pastor David said, in 2012, uh, after spending about seven and a half years on uh, two church staffs, one you guys know, Pastor Sam Carr, I worked for Pastor Sam there at Life United Shreveport, uh, uh, Life United in Shreveport for three and a half years, and so I had the opportunity to get to know him and, and work underneath him. And then another church in New Braunfels, Texas, and so we were there on staff. And in 2012, we stepped out and launched Martin Ministries International, and God gave us the mandate out of Romans chapter 1 verses 11 and 12 to impart in short impart establish and encourage the body of Christ and so for the last almost eight years we've been doing just that and travel like pastor David said all over the world been to India Malaysia Africa uh, just got back like you said from Bogota Colombia and so we just take the opportunity to go out and be God's mouthpiece wherever we go amen and his hands so that's who we are that's what we do I'm excited about the word this morning if you have your Bibles this morning turn if you will to uh, Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to jump in verse 6. And as you're turning there, I'm going to make a quick uh, announcement real quick. Just so I, I uh, back in 2016, God had me study for a whole year uh, on the topic of God's love. And he really began to uh, teach me the importance of a revelation of how much God loves you. Uh, sometimes we see it as something just frivolous, maybe weak and just, yeah, God loves you. God bless you, you know. But God began to deposit on the inside of me an understanding of God's love for me. And uh, when you have a uh, revelation of how much God loves you, it takes the limit off, off every area of your life. Because there is no limit in God's love. Come on. It goes beyond the, the wildest capacities and imagination of your mind. God loves you beyond that. And there's three things that love will always do for you when you get a revelation of it and you begin to allow it to uh, be a part of your everyday life. It'll always provide, promote, and protect. So when you get into that place, you no longer have to, to have to worry about protection. Why? Because God loves me. He surrounds me like a shield. When you understand that God loves you, provision no longer is a concern or worry. Why? Because my God loves me. He supplies all of my needs. And the one that really impacted me more than anything was stepping out into do, to do Martin Ministries. You know, you got to get your name out there and call people. Hey, here I am. And God began to say, Dustin, I love you and I'm your maker. I open doors and not make. Man. And if you'll learn to lo- uh, trust in my love for you, I'll be your promoter. God said, I'll position you at the right place, at the right time, with the right people doing the right things. And I like this part, getting the right results. And so when you get a revelation of how much God loves you, it'll change everything about your life. And it doesn't just happen in a moment. It's something that you meditate in day in and day out. And you put yourself in remembrance, my God loves me. My God's for me. So I wrote this 31-day devotional. Very, very easy. If you're a novel reader, you'll flip through it quick and in a heartbeat. But it's one of those books that you get up in the morning, you read day one. It's got a, a verse, a thought, and then a prayer for you to meditate on and just allow to soak into your life. So if you'd like to have one of those, we have them out there at the book table. They're actually uh, on sale today, normally $50. No, I'm just kidding. $10 if you want to get one. Would anybody like to get have one of these? Anybody want one of these? Awesome. They're out back. $10. No, I'm just kidding. Ma'am, I saw your hand go up. Pastor David, I'll allow you to give that to her. Amen. Thanks for coming. Good deal. Come out and see me. I'd love to, if I have an opportunity, I'd love to meet you. 
and grab you one of those books. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. I'm going to be talking to you this morning about the uh, the guardian. The guardian. And really the focus will be in, we just came out of Thanksgiving. We just came out of this time of, of being thankful. And this uh, is not a seasonal message. As God began to uh, deposit this thought into my heart, it's really a thought of becoming something that's a lifestyle becoming a lifestyle for us where we are thankful for what God has done. Not just what you have. Uh, I believe there's two, ty- two types of be- uh, thankfulness. You have the thankfulness that is in the present. Someone opens the door for you, you say, you say thank you. Come on, uh, so- sometimes they do. You open the door for people, they say thank you. If something, somebody gives you something, you say, you say thank you. Why? Because it's present, it's right there. But there comes a time in our lives, especially with the things of God, that you become thankful before you see it. Before it manifests in your life because you know that God has already accomplished it and it's just a matter of time before it begins to manifest in your life. So really uh, an attitude of being thankful is saying, God, I know you've done it. I may not see it or feel it, but I'm giving you the praise and the honor because I know you're a good God and I go ahead and I receive it now. And so thanks, uh, uh, thanksgiving is the guardian, watch this, of your peace. Because out of everything, especially in the time and the, and the, and the age that we live in, life can get real chaotic. I had a video for you about the, uh, of some people just to kind of let you see it. Any black Friday shoppers out there? People like to get up at, you know, go get you your Starbucks, put on your, you know, your fighting pants, I don't know, you get out there like, man, we're getting that TV today. Bless God, I don't care who's got to get a forum, we're getting it, you know. And I'm like, dude, I'll pay an extra $100 not have to do that. I'm just going to stay home, I'm going to enjoy myself. And I think people just like the experience of that. But I believe that in life, life sometimes can have a Black Friday feeling, emotion, where it seems chaotic and out of control. And if you're not careful, you've heard the preaching before, you may be in the storm, but the idea is not to allow the storm to get inside of you. Why? Because the devil wants to rob you of your peace. If you're taking notes today, you might want to jot a couple things down because statistically speaking, people that take notes are more likely not to go to hell. Amen. It's a joke. It's not true. It's not true, but it sounds true. But peace... Peace is powerful. Peace is powerful. The devil's after your peace. He wants to get you into a place of uh, of chaos and and to get you uh, in a place of unrest. Why? Because in that place and in that moment, he can hold you captive. If you go through the books of the Bible, Matthew, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus was sent to illustrate to you what a man anointed by God, how he was to act and respond to the normal uh, uh, oppositions that come into life. You never saw Jesus at a place of unrest. You never saw Jesus where he panicked. You never saw Jesus where he stopped, you know, stop the bus, guys. What are we going to do? I don't know what to do here, you know, and started panicking. Jesus always was in the place of rest and peace. And it produced power in his life. 
The devil's after your peace. He wants you to live in a Black Friday moment where there's elbows and fists, and at the end of it, there's still no results, and you're empty-handed. And we find here Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, we find Paul, this, this man that was called of God, he wrote the two-thirds of the New Testament. And here in, he wrote this book of, of um, Philippians to the church at Philippi. And he was in probably one of the worst states that he had ever been in. He's been beaten. He's in prison for doing what God's called him to do. And yet Philippians, they say, is one of the most joyful, uh, 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 hopeful books that was ever written. Here's somebody that was be considered at his lowest point and yet was writing to encourage people. That's my kind of guy. I am. I'm an encourager. I like to encourage people. I'm, a, I'm optimistic. The cup's always full. You know, it's a rainy day. Something. Hey, let's go run in the rain. I'm always, there's, it's something, we can find the good in this. And I love Paul because I relate to him here. He's in prison, yet he's encouraging somebody else. He's lifting up the spirits of somebody else. And here's a guy that he's in prison. If there's words that you would think that he would write, it may be something more on the lines of, guys, I'm in a dark place. It's damp. It's nasty. Y'all come help me. <laughs> it's rough. And yet he's telling these people, hey, be of good cheer, rejoice. There's an excitement in his words and in the, in the expression of what he writes. But I like what he says in verse 6. He says, be anxious for nothing. In this moment of trial, in this moment of chaos, he's telling these people, be anxious for nothing. The King James Bible says, I like this, it says, uh, be careful for nothing. I like that. Be, do not allow yourself to be full of care for anything. He goes on to say, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And then there's this additive. We're going to get a break down this verse, but there's this additive of with thanksgiving. Sometimes I think that thanksgiving in our relationship and our time of communion with God is missing. He says, with prayer and with supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving is the guardian of your peace. Peace is a fruit of the spirit. It's part of, of your spirit being. And yet when you get into a place of thanksgiving, you're releasing your faith into the unseen to lay hold of that petition or that request that you've asked of God and to bring it into your present, into your reality in the right here and the now. So thanksgiving is the guardian of your peace. It enables you to remain calm, stable, and alert, knowing, my God's got me. Everything's going to be okay. Anxiety. Listen to this, this thought here. Anxiety is the length and the intensity of care. Anxiety is the length and the intensity of care, worries, and fears. These are what the devil uses to grip you and hold you, limiting you of the fullness that God has purchased for you in Christ. 
The devil can't defeat you. How many of y'all know that? He is a defeated foe. He can't defeat you, but he can distract you and he can deceive you. That's why the Word of God is so important. Why? Because the Word of God is the truth of God. And the devil's going to try to come in and paint a picture about your present circumstance and get you to begin to care and to worry and get into fear about something that's none of your business. See, I was telling my wife, I was, I was, when I'm traveling with my family, they're all sleeping. I get up early when I preach and five o'clock, sometimes four o'clock in the morning so I can go pray and be alone with Jesus. So I get up, put on my sweatpants and I go sit in the car so they can sleep and do their thing. And I'm sitting out there and I'm praying, I'm going over my notes. And, and it's always funny seeing people walk out of the hotel. They're like, what's up with this cat? Like, what's he doing in his car? I'm worshiping Jesus. Mind your own business. No, I'm just kidding. But the Lord said this to me, he said, Dustin, you need to become a good delegator. You need to learn to become a good delegator. See, a lot of people like to do everything themselves. I got it. I got it. I got it. You want help with that? I got it. Even if they blow out their back, man, they're trying to lift something. They're like, hey, you need help with that? I got it. I got it. It's like, okay, tough guy, do your thing, man. I can help you though. How many know God's your ever present help in time of need? And the problem with most of us is, is that Paul is telling us, be anxious for nothing. Don't be careful about anything. What do we need to do? We need to become good delegators and say, God, I'm casting all of this care about my marriage, about my finances, about my career, or whether or not I'm getting this, new, uh, this, uh, this, this contract, whatever it may be for your life. I'm not going to take the responsibility, but I'm going to cast the care. I'm delegating this to God. Because, see, the world will say, well, what's wrong with you? You ought to be worrying about that. One guy said it this way. Worrying is like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do but won't get you anywhere. Come on. So it's not that you're being irresponsible, irresponsible about the issue of your life. What you've done is you've delegated it to somebody that actually has the ability and power to bring it, to bring a resolve to the issue. You can't do it in and of yourself. If you could, we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't need Jesus. So what the devil does is try to get you to take the weight, take the responsibility of something so that he can grip you and hold you captive and keep you from living the life that Jesus said in John 10, 10, that he came to give you, which was a life in abundance to the full until it overflows. But when you cast the care on him, it liberates you. How do I cast the care? I'm dealing with this man. Good word. How do I do it? Become thankful. Because the moment you begin to give God thanks, what you're saying is, God, I don't know about this. I don't know how to handle this, but I know you do. And I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to worship you. Thank you, God, for taking care of this this situation. God, I thank you for what your word says. And I'm going to magnify you in this moment. And the moment that you begin to get thankful, it puts a garrison around your heart and your mind with God's peace that passes all understanding. And people will begin to walk up to you and say, how is it that you're so calm? How is it that you're so at ease in this something? I know what you're going through. And you can say, because I got peace. Oh, got peace. Okay. Okay. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah, I got peace. 
I still got a little hip in my hop. I still got a little stride in my ride. I still got perspective. I'm still believing. I'm still looking for the goodness of God in my life. And I will not, listen to me, I will not allow the devil to hold me captive in this moment. Because not my Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57 that Jesus, God, always, I'm sorry, that God gives me the victory in Christ Jesus. Anytime, and I, I'm jumping all over my notes here, but that's what I do. I'm a preacher. Anytime you see the word give, you can exchange it for the word grace. Because anything that God gives you is not earned and it is not deserved. If God's given it to you, it's because of what Jesus accomplished. It's what Jesus has already done for you in your life. If God's given you victory, it's not because you dotted the I and crossed the T. It doesn't mean that you got up and you read your five chapters and you prayed for an hour and you're feeling holy and you walk out the door and the devil slaps you in the face. And you go, "Woo, man, I'm holy. And I know God's given me the victory today. Woo, cause why? Because I did my, my due diligence today. You know what's amazing is when you get bold, when you've done everything wrong, you didn't pray for a week, you ain't read your Bible in a month, and you just got busy, distracted, pulled away from the things of God, and you're trying to make like life happen, and then the devil comes in and starts smacking you around, and then he said, you don't deserve anything from God. You know what you did. That's the time you ought to rise up and say, it was never by what I did. It was by the grace of God. You don't run from God in a moment like that. You run to God in a moment like that. You embrace him as he's already embraced you with his grace and his love. First Peter chapter five and verse seven says this in the Amplified Bible. Listen to these words. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxiety, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. Why? For he cares for you. God cares for me. Watch this. Affectionately and cares about you watchfully. God cares about me. God cares about you. His eyes are on. responsibility is to ask him god get involved in this with me how do you do that cast the care on him let him do the caring for you listen to this in philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 in the nlt i like this new living translation says don't worry about anything matthew chapter 6 says don't worry about your life you ever known somebody was a champion warrior warrior I mean, do they, they wake up in the morning worrying about, I don't know if we're going to have electricity today. You know, like, I mean, it don't matter what's going on. They're worried. About, I wonder if it's going to rain. They're just worry, worry, championship warriors. God don't want you to worry about anything. Do you know scientifically, if you go into the medical field, that most ailments in people's body are self-inflicted right. by worry, care. I don't know why this is going on. Why do I have this? What's this going on? Doctor, look at you. Because you worry too much. 
God didn't call you to worry. He didn't call you to be responsible for those things. He called you to cast the care and be a whistler. So why you worry? You know, you're just enjoying life. Because you've delegated something and allowing God to manage it, man, uh, take care of it. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Amen. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him. This is what I love. Thank him for what he has done. Thank him for what he has done. Why do you get in the word of God? To find out what God's already done for you. Thank you for what he's already done. What's God done for you? Everything. Every, the Bible says that, uh, uh, that uh, in 1 Peter talks about that, um, that he's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of our, of our Lord Jesus. Everything you need, he's taking care of it for you. It's already there. So what happens is, is by getting to a place of understanding what he has done, it positions you in a place of getting ready to go, Woo, it's time to thank God. It's time to thank God. Thank him for what he's already done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. I want to read this to you. It says, um, thanking God releases your faith to bring about change. You want change in your life? You want the situation to make a 180, begin to become thankful. Why? Because Thanksgiving releases your faith and bring, to bring about change. Another thought is Thanksgiving in, uh, increases your capacity to receive. God said to this one minister, I was listening to something he had said, and he said, God said, you want to enlarge your, your ability to receive from God? He said, absolutely, man. I want to God, I want to receive everything you have for me. He said, cultivate a lifestyle of being thankful and you'll increase your capacity to receive from God. The more thankful you are, the more ready you are to receive everything that he has for you. Peace, listen to this little, little thought here. Peace is defined as, listen to this, that word peace in Philippians chapter 4. Peace is defined as the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. So fearing nothing. I, I, I wrote this down. We need more soul assurance. Everything's going to be okay. When you understand how much God loves you, what he's done for you, the salvation that he produced for G, through Jesus Christ, it awakens you up to soul assurance. I got, God's got this. I'm not insurance, but assurance. Confidence in him. God said to me a while back, he said, Dustin, you need confidence. You ever need a little confidence in your life? I didn't say cockiness. I didn't say prideful. Confidence. What's confidence? Something that tells you, I know that this is going to be okay. I'm not wondering. I know. Because listen to me, a mind left unattended will wonder and a mind that wonders will wander if you don't fill your mind with the word of god if you're not putting in the soul assurance of what god has promised you your mind will wonder about what's going to happen and next thing you know without effort you will slip into a state of caring and worrying about your life but when you fill your mind, the Bible says in Romans, uh, be not be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. 
Get the word of God. Transform this. Change the way you think. Why? If I change the way this thinks, then there's an assurance of confidence that comes on the inside. And when the devil tries to come in to distract me and pull me off of my purpose and my destiny, there's something that rises on the inside that says, not today. (laughs) Not today. Why? Because I've got confidence in who my God is. He's got me. What is that? That's the peace of God. That's the peace of God. Listen to this real quick in Jonah. Jumping through my notes. Jonah chapter 2, 7 and 10. Y'all may or may not know the story. Jonah's the guy that had a call of God to go evangelize Nineveh. And he rebelled, said, I ain't going. He ran the other direction. Next, you know, he finds himself in a belly of a well. Anybody ever been in a belly of a well? Okay, no hands. All right, here we go. Jonah chapter 2 and verse, if we saw a hand, we'd be like, I'm stopping. Come on up here, buddy. Tell the story. You know, this is going to be good. There I was. It was a cold, dark night. All right, here we go. John chapter 2. <laughs> Look at verse 7 and 10. When my soul fainted within me. Isn't it something that when you find yourself in the hardest time of your life, it's when it's like your mind gives up and gives and goes out on you. Starts telling you all the ways that it's not going to happen, how you'll never succeed, how you'll never make it, how God's called you out, but nobody cares about that. And my soul fainted within me. Listen to this. He says, but I remembered the Lord. I love that. And my prayer went up to you into my, your holy temple. Those who regarded worthless idols or the King James Bible says lying vanities forsake their own mercy. In other words, people putting their trust and their hope in something other than God. Anything that you put your hope in, whether it's money, your career, whatever it is in the physical, it's a lying vanity to you. It will not produce what you're hoping it'll produce for you. It's impossible. Your, your full weight of dependency has to be completely all the time in God. My trust is in him. It's not in any person. It's not in any financial, uh, you know, uh, organization, whatever it may be. My trust is in who he is. Anything that's other than that is a lying vanity. And the Bible says people that put their trust in the lying vanities uh, uh, forsake their own mercy or the loving kindness of God. But verse 9 says, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Man, I love that. I will pay what I have vowed. Watch as salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. I love that because he could have vomited him right up there in the sea and he could have just been waiting water for a while. But God pushed it, positioned him on dry ground, ready to fulfill and do the vision that he placed him to do. Salvation here, listen to this, is deliverance, prosperity, health, and help. In your time of need, anytime that you need something, the salvation that God has provided for you, listen to me, is not just so you can one day when you die, you get to go to heaven. That's not the the full package of your salvation. The salvation that God provided for you is deliverance. Everybody say deliverance. God's deliverance for you, God's uh, uh, deliverance, prosperity, God's health and his help for you in every area of your life. That's what the salvation, that is what the soul assurance of saying, God's got me. I am understanding of God's salvation, his deliverance, his prosperity, his health, and his help for me in my life. God's got me. And you can't, God can't take what you're not willing to let go of. 
If you're unwilling to let go of your care, if you're unwilling to uh, uh, let go of that worry and that concern, God can't take what you're unwilling to let go of. But if you say, God, it's yours, he'll take it and he'll bring about a change and a resolve in your life. So number one, pray about it. Pray about it. You're only on step one, we're in trouble. Pray about it. Begin a conversation about your situation. Watch this, with God not at God. So many times when we're praying about our situation, we begin a conversation at God or God, why is this happening? God, why did you allow this? God, why? And it's at him rather than with him. Turn it to Mark chapter four real quick. I was supposed to go here first and, but it's been good. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. One amen. Thank you, sister. God bless you. Here we go. I'm just kidding. Mark chapter four. I want to read this to you because I believe that this illustrates perfectly Philippians chapter four. We actually find Jesus and the disciples in a moment where there was opportunity for anxiety, where there was opportunity for care. Listen to these verses real quick. Mark chapter four and verse 35. And on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And now when they had left the multitude, they took him, Jesus, along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Verse 38. But it was, but he was in the stern. Jesus was in the stern, the back of the ship, asleep on a pillow. I love this, man. This is, this is awesome. And they awoke him, watch this, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I think the disciples started off right. They began a prayer, if you will. They began a conversation with Jesus. That was the right move. Anytime that you're, say it, don't spray it. Anytime that you're in a, in a situation, a trial or something opposing the will of God in your life, I want to encourage you, number one, begin a conversation with God. Amen. That's what prayer is, conversing with the Almighty. They started off correctly. They went to Jesus so many times in our troubles. We go to everybody else but the one that actually has the ability to change the problem. We'll go to this guy and we'll go to this person and we'll go over to this group and we'll tell them what happened and they'll rub our back. It's going to be okay, champ. All right. And then we'll go over here and we'll do it again and they'll rub our back. It's going to be okay. And at the end of it, nothing's happened except you got a good back massage. So, I I mean, give the disciples some credit here. They started off right. They went to Jesus and said, don't bother the master. He's asleep. We'll just deal with this on our own and sunk the ship. They went to Jesus, but they didn't start a conversation with him. They began to hurl accusations at him. Jesus, don't you care how many times i wonder in our lives we may not be in an actual physical boat not in a physical storm but how many times are we going through something and we go to god and we start to throw accusations at him and saying god why did you allow this to happen instead of starting a conversation with him knowing the promises of that he's given us and saying god i know you never leave me nor forsake me and invite him into your situation Keep God on. When you're, when you're in a moment with God, keep, keep your relationship, you holding his hand, looking up, not pointing and looking across. 
You want to keep him right here with you, knowing he's got me. I got, come on, Daddy, we could do this together. Yes, sir, we can. And you go into that thing knowing who you got with you. Don't be standing across from God going, why this and why that? It'll mess with you. So I believe they, they started off correctly, but they began to hurl accusations at him, and they got them in a place where it got them in trouble. But I love Jesus' response. Look at this. In verse 39, it says, And then he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea. He rebuked the wind and he spoke to the sea. Listen to this. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. Watch this. And there was a great calm. If you study this out, number two is speak to it. Talk to your situation. Tell your situation what to do. Listen, if Jesus is talking to wind and to waves, you can talk to your checkbook. If he's talking to winds and the waves, you can talk to your wife in a good, loving way. Amen. Woman, you better not just kidding. You're already in trouble. But you can talk to things. Come on, how many of y'all know that? You can speak things over that. Speak to them. It's authority. Jesus woke up from his nap and he rebukes the wind. Listen to this. The word rebuke here is seen as muzzling something. Man, I read that. It jumped out at me. It's seen as muzzling something, making it be silent. What if you got just as loud as the noise? What if you began to got just as loud as your problem or your situation that was trying to get your attention? That thing that just doesn't seem to be quiet, that keeps running in the background of your mind over and over and over and over again. Jesus did not get up up and go, boys, I I don't know what we're going to do here. Let's hold hands and sing kumbaya. Maybe it'll quiet down. No, Jesus got up, looked at his disciples, and what did he do? He spoke to the situation. Let me say it this way. He got louder than the noise that was trying to bring destruction. Why? Because the noise and the trial, listen to this, that the devil's trying to get you with, he's trying to rob you or steal your focus. Because what you focus on, you empower. What you focus on, you empower in your life. So if I'm focusing on the noise, if I'm focusing on the wind, the storm, the situation in my life, I'm empowering that thing in my life. But if I get up and I put my focus not on the problem, but on Jesus, the one that has the ability to bring change in my life, I'm empowering the word of God in my life. What are you focusing on? Second Corinthians chapter five Uh, chapter 10 and verse 5 says this, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of who you know your God to be. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Jesus muzzled the voice of the storm and commanded it to calm down. I was... When I was working for Pastor Sam Carr, I, uh, they were looking at doing a satellite campus at a movie theater just few, you know, 20 minutes down the road. And I was with a good friend of mine, and he still works there at Seth, uh, Chad Giddens. And uh, he took Chad and I out to go look at this campus. Man, I'm just, you know, I'm, I forget, I man, I was young. I was 
late 20s maybe or like early 30s. I'm just glad to be out of the office, you know, I'm like a little kid. I'm like, this is great. You know, I'm just, you know, Talladega Nights was out. And so I'm standing behind the poster. I'm like, Chad, take my picture. You know, I'm, I'm putting my face through the cardboard cutout. I'm just, I'm acting silly. We get in the sanctuary and Pastor Sam goes, Dawson, why don't you go stand down there and talk? I want to hear what it sounds like. So, man, I went down there, you know, just classic Dustin. I'm down there, every person in the house under the sound of my voice. I want to, you know, he's like, Dustin, that's enough, stop. <laughs> I'm just having fun, you know. And we get outside and I, I'm jumping up, I'm hitting signs. Pastor's trying to talk with the, the manager of the theater. I'm not, it wasn't right, you know. I'm like, Dustin. And so here's what happened. Love. Pastor Sam stops the conversation. He turns around and he goes, Dustin, calm down, son. I wish I could do his voice perfectly. That was just, it was like, it was a moment for me, you know. Chad lost it. He's in tears. He's looking at me like, dude, you just got called out. <laughs> Sometimes I think in our lives, we need to look at the situation. We need to say, calm down, son. You need to look at that problem that's attacking you and get louder than the problem. Get God's word coming out of your mouth and say, peace, be still. God told me, Dustin, uh, uh, live in the heavenly joy and not the worldly riot. Live in a heavenly joy and not the worldly riot. Man, traveling, I wanted to use these real quick. Traveling, I got these cool little headphones by Bose. They got a little button on the side here. If I flip this thing, you're sitting on an airplane for 23 hours, 30 hours going to India. You got all kinds of noise, all kinds of chaos going around. You're just trying to figure out a way to get at least a nap on the back of this plane. You put these little jokers on right here. In fact, we're going to, we're selling them out back. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I'll take a pair of those. Everybody gets a pair. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> what is this, Oprah? All right, so, but I, I got these noise cancellation. Have, I mean, these are, these are a blessing sent from God. When I was working in my office and, we, be, we had kids and, ki I mean, the, you know, our, the way the, uh, the, the garage was and the kitchen table, the kitchen. So me and mom's making, you know, food and taking care of business. And I can, ah, well, there are the kids there. Ah, you know, I'm like, I just put my little noise-canceling headset on and I could focus and get my work done. I want to encourage you today. You get God's word coming out of your mouth and it's a noise-canceling system. It'll quiet the noise. It'll, it'll bring a stillness and a calm to your life. God's word, God's promises coming out of your mouth, you getting loud about what God said about your situation will bring about a noise-canceling effect in your life. Where all of a sudden what seemed to bother you, that seemed to bring chaos to you, will fade into the background and all of a sudden becomes less and less noticeable in your life. How are you doing about that thing you've been dealing with? Man, you know what? I haven't even thought about it. Haven't even been dealing with it. Really? What happened? I began to speak louder than the problem. I began to allow God's word to come out of my mouth and it produced a noise canceling effect in me to where no longer is it getting in here and down into my heart and bringing chaos. I'm deciding to stay thankful and allowing it to be the guardian of the God's peace in my life. Living above the approach of the enemy. Number one, pray about it. Number two, speak it. Last but not least, number three, thank God in everything, not for everything. Amen. The Bible says be thankful in everything. 
You're not supposed to be thanking God for the problem. Thank you, God, that this is teaching me something. How many of y'all know the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, watches, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. John chapter 16, uh, 15, I believe it is, or 14, says that the Holy Spirit was sent to teach you the Word of God and the Holy Spirit will instruct you and teach you, not the problem. Your job is to get the Word of God in you so that you know how to respond in the moment. Thank God in everything. God, I... I'm in the storm. All hell's broke loose loose in my life. I don't know what to do. But God, I'm not thanking you for the problem. But God, I'm thanking you in the problem that you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Because God, you're the way maker. Thank God. Thanksgiving many times is the missing ingredient in our time of trial. My wife and I, we're we're a little bit different. I'm the... uh, I'm the follow directions kind of guy. Anybody follow? You get a box and it gives you directions on the backside. Amen. Why? Because if I follow direction, my belief is, and this is crazy, but my belief is if I follow directions, I'm going to get the image that's on the front. It's not going to be sideways. It's not going to be kick. It's going to be exactly what they say on the front of that box. So Dustin, man, if it says half cup of flour, I'm getting a half cup of flour. We're going to make sure. We got the oil, we got the flour, sugar, everything's going to be just right. Why? Because I'm going to get what's on the front of that box. My wife, on the other hand, she's a little dash and a pinch and a, you know, throw in and what is this? I don't know. Is it good? (laughs) You're like, it's great. Do it again. I don't know how. (laughs) I just do it together. (laughs) Ah, okay. Well, it was good while it lasted. I think a lot of our time in our life, we're, we're a little pinch and a little dash and a little throw in. And we can't seem to figure out how to replicate the victory. But if we'll do exactly what God tells us to do, become a follower of the word of God, you can begin to get results. Watch this on purpose. How'd you get that? I'll show you exactly how. Step number one, you take a notes. Here we go. We're going to tell And it's not so much about a process, but it's about an intimate relationship with God, knowing he's first. He's my caretaker. Thank you, God, for moving in my life. I believe it's the missing ingredient in our time of relationship and fellowship with God. We're telling him the problem we're in 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 in. it's we're telling him and about what's going on in our lives. And then we go, that's what's up. That's what's happening. Do something if you can. And then we leave and we forget the missing ingredient of saying, God, here's what's going on in my life. Thank you for making the difference. Thank you for bringing about the change that is needed. Thank God in everything, not for everything. Last verse, and I'm closing with this right here. I'm 11 minutes over. The short-winded shall be heard again. So it was good, guys. Thanks for coming. Amen. (laughs) See you later. Real quick. Colossians chapter 1, 12 through 14. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, equipping us with adequate power to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us. He's rescued us 
from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. I want to encourage you this morning with whatever it is that you may be needing in your life, whatever it is that you're facing right now, you qualify, you are delivered, and God has forgiven you if you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. It's not about you. It's not about what you've done. It's about what he's done. He's qualified you. Growing up, we used to play video games. There was that video game, I think, IndyCar. And the little voice would come on and say, prepare to qualify. And depending on how good you did on the track depends on your position in the next race. Let me tell you something. The first lap, the first race, Jesus already accomplished for you. You already qualify. And your position is at the front of the line. He's already given you the victory. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians uh, 2.14, he always causes you to triumph. Always causes you to triumph. So what's the takeaway today in our message? Number one, talk to God. He cares. Number two, talk to the situation because it will change. Everything in your life is subject to change. And if you'll speak to it, there will be change in your life. Last but not least, talk Thanksgiving and you will always have and live in perfect peace. Bow your head and close your eyes with us this morning.